I would love to be able to impact the accessibility to to pitching and to guesting on shows to more marginalized communities. Um, It sounds like a big undertaking, but I think you can make you can make steps in that direction by opening your own mic to them. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the brilliant Angie Trueblood. As the founder of the Podwise Group and the host of the Go Pitch Yourself podcast, Angie Trueblood uses her entrepreneurial spirit, innovative thinking, and super connector powers to deeply support business owners who are using podcasts as a core tenant of their business growth. Personally, Angie is passionate about normalizing the voices of women in leadership positions, which she feels privileged to play an active role in through her work. Angie Trueblood, I got a question for you, which is, what do small business owners need to focus on this week? They, Annie, need to focus on getting in front of new audiences. One action that will help put them in front of a new audience. New audiences. Pipeline, baby. Mm I was just thinking about this today in that I'm always telling people that you can't market your way out of a selling problem. But as much as I love sales and have dedicated my life to teaching ethical sales, I know you also can't sell your way out of a pipeline problem. So we really do need to get out there and get some new freaking eyeballs because even if we're not boring humans, and I would not consider either of us boring by any mile, uh, your audiences get kind of sick of your shit for sure. I mean, I think it's not growing, right? Yeah, like that's the beauty of you and I talking is the work that we do is so complimentary, um, Mm -hmm. which is something we really focus on in the work that I do is partnering with people who have complimentary businesses because likely your audience needs marketing support and sales support. Well, and that I love that because we talk a lot about PR and other traditional media, and I'm by no means anti those things. But you come from this world that I love oh, 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 oh so much of podcasting and guesting and interviewing and and that whole world. And you said the magic word about that. That's a partnership. Oh, yeah. Right. That's not just an ad. That's not just a promo spot. That is a partnership. You and I are partnering right now to create this episode for our listeners. And that partnership does not need to stop the minute I hit stop or the minute the episode ends. 
And it also doesn't need to be the best friendship for the rest of our lives. But what I love about it is that each and every interview has so much potential that it's almost like, wow, where's this great person going to go with me next? Right. So what do you think, what are some of the things that you've seen helping people find their placement and, and amplify their voice in such a way? Why do you think podcasting and interviewing is so magical when it comes to networking? Well, it's interesting the way you teed it up because earlier this week I was writing something to sort of describe the business and I really see podcast guesting as relationship marketing because you're really leaning on creating these new relationships, extending your network, and also forming a relationship with the listeners. Funny enough, when I started this business almost five years ago, It really came on the heels of a different business, more B2C, and I was pitching myself to be a guest on shows. And a lot of my friends were saying, oh, hey, Ange, like, how did you get that opportunity? So Mm -hmm. I started to realize not all business owners like sales and marketing the way that we do and that it was a valuable skill. So when I first started taking clients, I was pitching for podcasts. I was also pitching for local media written publications, very quickly, I was like, I hate these other parts because (laughs) they didn't, I did. (laughs) You're like, I don't want to write any more blog posts, please. No. (laughs) Well, and it was such more of a numbers game and like getting into local media, you've, it's got to be super timely. And then when election time rolls around, your stuff just is on the back. So we pivoted super fast into podcast pitching. First, it's the relationship piece of it. Two, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be a PR expert to figure out and to land opportunities on podcasts. So the barrier to entry is super low, both in terms of experience as well as money. I mean, you can pitch yourself. You and I connected on LinkedIn. I didn't Mm -hmm. formally pitch you, Mm -mm. you know? So I love that piece of it. Yeah, And then I also love the idea you're creating content that it's not only evergreen, right? This episode is going to live in your podcast feed for a very long time. Forever. Forever. But you're constantly acquiring new listeners. So it's evergreen with a growing audience, which, I mean, that's pretty sweet in the marketing space, right? (laughs) Well, and additionally, one thing that I'm doing that I so enjoy that I so recommend that anybody out there is doing is connect my guests to my other guests and connect the people that interview me to other people that interview me. Because as Pam Slim would put it, we're all in the same ecosystem, right? So as such, one thing that's so fun about the Legitimati over on LinkedIn is that like, I have a reality TV playlist now. This episode is going to be, because spoiler, we're going to talk about a reality competition later. Uh, this is going to be on the legitimate reality list. You are going to be networking kind of involuntarily with the other people <laughs> on that playlist because I'm going to make sure you do it, right? But <laughs> then you know, not only does this person a good provider, if they weren't a good provider, they wouldn't be on my show. They're a fun and loving person. If they weren't a fun and loving person, they wouldn't be on my show. And they're also a reality TV lover, which gives you something to talk about other than work, right? So that relationship idea, I just love so much because back when Clubhouse was like 
eating my life actively. The one thing that I heard about everybody that they loved so much about Clubhouse was that you can't really fake audio. No. Like, I can have anybody write my social media posts all day long. But if I'm on a podcast, I'm not sending my VA. No. I mean, that's even our concierge clients where we do all of the pitching, all of the scheduling, Mm -hmm. you still have to show up. Like that is our thing. Like the main thing you have to do is prep for your interview and show up that we cannot fake. Um, It's interesting that you, you point out the fact that you are bringing me on because you know, I am well aligned with your audience. That's one of the other benefits is you're creating this long form content by someone who, by default, the audience trusts, right? They trust whatever you say. You are pre-vetting me for them. So it's not just that you're a total stranger. You're going on shows where, I mean, you and I really did just meet a couple of yeah. minutes ago, even though we had connected on LinkedIn, but yeah. we still have a relationship and your audience can feel that. So well, and let's, there's so let's many draw out because I think yeah. a lot of people think that this is super complicated and I'm not saying don't hire a service, hire a freaking yeah. service, specifically hire Angie. Okay. Y'all, we just put that out there. Just go ahead and do it. But I think sometimes people feel like it always has to be this huge multi-step process and having been on probably a hundred podcasts as a guest and now recording episode 70 some such of this one I've been in a lot of interviews right I've been in a bunch and I've been on either side of a bunch sometimes it really is as easy as you one of our mutual people posted an episode they were on you commented on LinkedIn and well what an interesting show and I went oh shit Angie Trueblood is on my list of people to approach, but you didn't know me yet. So then you (laughs) sent me a message on LinkedIn being like, hey, I love the concept of your show. Are you open to guests in general? And I'm like, yeah, you're a podcast connector. Of course, totally, totally. And then I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Why haven't I asked you yet while we're talking about which of your clients are right for me? Why haven't I asked you yet? And then you were like, oh my gosh, yes, I'd love to. And then I went and I told everybody you were going to be on my show. And they're like, that must have taken months to coordinate. She's such a big deal. And I'm like, literally, it took about two minutes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like somebody else reached out to me on Instagram this week. I don't know her. She's in Australia. She's an ethical marketer. I looked at her profile. I watched a bunch of her reels. I'm like, non-sleazy sales, ethical marketing, peanut butter, jelly. Come on. And so she's like, please let me know how to formally pitch. And I wrote her a note back. This is like, you just did. Yeah. Here's my scheduling link. (laughs) Here's my scheduling link. Here's my intake form. You just did. And she seriously wrote back like, seriously? Mm -hmm. But when you're putting yourself out there authentically and you're asking for what you want, sometimes it's easy. And I will say, I think some of this comes with experience and confidence of you and I also, I've got the Go Pitch Yourself podcast. So I am on the other side of the mic. Um, Today I was listening. So you and I have a mutual friend, Diane Wingert, who is (sighs) in, I love her, who is in our membership, the Podwise Co-op. And she and I were doing podcast promo swaps. Mm-hmm. internally in the membership. And so she's going to be my guinea pig. We're going to do a podcast promo on each other's show. So I was yeah. listening to her show. I fell in love with her most recent guest. I immediately went to Instagram and was like, I heard you on Diane's show. We need to connect. And 
there, I mean, there will probably be an interview that comes out of that at some point because who was the just, guest? Um, her name is Laura Khalil. Khalil? I introduced them. Yeah. All right. Oh here we gosh, go. She's amazing. Right here on TLTQ. <laughs> let it be known that episode <laughs> one, Diane Wingert, Ren and Stimpy, and her most recent guest brought out naturally on this show were connected by me. You may know listeners. Yeah. You may know Laura as the Uncle Buck episode of TLTQ. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I had a feeling I, mean, I, I was her... like, bye, Laura. Bye. Yeah. Oh my God. I sent her an Instagram message and I said, any friend of Diane's is a friend of mine. And Amen. I love what you said. We're going to have to be friends. She's incredible. And Laura's yeah. podcast, Brave by Design, is amazing, as is Diane's podcast, The Driven Woman. But this is exactly yes. the point. See how everybody knows everybody else? Podcasting mm -hmm. is a accepting, loving click that is totally easy to get into. Right. It's also a very forgiving art form. What were you going to say? Go ahead. Please. Well, so I'm imagining your listener who are probably in the solopreneur or having mm -hmm. a very small team space. And if they've yep. never guested and they don't host, that seems very nebulous, you know, like yep. just approach people. So I think giving a couple of tangible firsts, like how to step into it. And then you can kind of be a part of the connection because that's also the beauty of being a guest on a number of shows is that's where momentum starts to take over yeah. and you get invited. So you're not always cold pitching. You are touching base with warm contacts. Yep. So if you've never pitched and you do think that guesting is going to be a great outlet for you, and, and you're excited about it, right? So I think that's the other thing. I know we'll get into Survivor, but we all have our own strengths. And so yeah. if having conversations and, and being able to communicate orally is something that is exciting and appealing to you, then yeah. at least try guesting. Um, but really the first step is to acknowledge, well, who are the types of people I want to get in front of? Ideally, yes. like who are the clients I want to work with? So it's really going into the whole concept because a lot of people will start in Apple Podcasts. They'll just start searching and they don't know what yes. they're searching for. And it's super overwhelming. So it's really getting clear on well, who are the types of audiences that I want to get in front of and that I want mm -hmm. to connect with. And before, so you can't really do searching or any of that other stuff until you have some clarity on the strategy. Yes. And Remember, let's say you find a show, and I definitely had this at the beginning, other than just like a good old dose of stage fright and imposter syndrome, which I totally sure. had. I remember when I was working with Interview Connections, I, my first interview was, I believe, John Golden's Sales Pop. And I, John Golden is a lovely human, but of course I couldn't know that at the time, right? <laughs> and I remember sending an email to my agent, the remarkable Nathan Peavy, and being like, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out. And he's like, everybody freaks out. It's totally fine. But I, I remember specifically being like, it's a sales show and I teach sales and nothing I do is going to be original. When I'm on the, when I'm on the uh, Everyday Intuitive podcast, that's different because I'm specifically talking about sales for intuitives. But on the sales podcast, what am I going to say? And, and I remember him being like, no one is going to say it how you say it. And having heard that before, it was the first time I understood it. That, like, yeah, I'm sure yeah. objection handling has been discussed on this show before. Podcast guesting in one way or another has been discussed on this show before, but not with you. Yeah. So I think you can't 
highlight the importance of pitching to complementary hosts Mm -hmm. um, enough because that is an intimidating type of show to go on. Yeah. And also, as much as we both love collaboration over competition from a more tactical business perspective, Mm -hmm. I don't want to go on a show where that person offers the same types of offers that I have because the audience is already following them, right? So the chance of me like plucking them away from their leader Mm -mm. is pretty slim. Whereas you can go on a show where you're complimentary, right? I guest on a lot of shows that talk about growing a podcast because podcast guesting is a great way to do that. But typically- Uh The people that are teaching podcasting aren't really sure of how to teach their people to guest. So it's a really natural fit without being competitive at all. And that's where I feel like some of the best conversations come out when there's familiarity, but not overlap, not significant overlap in the expertise. I love it. It's like you're not both Care Bears, but you're at least a Care Bear cousin. For sure. Like I'm a Smurf and a yeah. Care Bear. Like, you're both. You're be- like, I'm in Cartoonlandia. I'm just I'm not an 80s the exact cartoon. Same. Right. Yeah. We're in the neighborhood. Yeah. So let's talk about that very, very first pitch. You said, you know, searching on Apple Podcasts and stuff like that. Personally, I always search on listen notes. Okay. So if I'm searching, that's where I go. Um, but what do you what, put in as your what do you search for? I'm so interested. I search for keywords, but emotional keywords. So I know a lot of my people use words like purpose-driven. So I'll look up the word purpose-driven. Instead of looking up coaches, I'll look up stuff like intuitive coaches. Um, Heart-centered is huge. And then if I see that paired with marketing, I'm like, hello. Right. So I look for most of the time, uh, emotional buzzwords. What do you look for? So I, we tend to go more towards very like specific niches. Um, That's the approach. Yeah. So for me, if I'm pitching myself, I'm looking for shows that are talking about podcasts, Mm -hmm. um, shows sometimes that are talking about lead generation and sales for service providers, because the conversion for service providers being a guest on a show, it's really great. Um, We had a client that we worked with, Danielle Hayden, for almost three years. And I recently interviewed her. We haven't published it yet, but she told me that 30% of her company's revenue in 2021 came from podcast interviews. That doesn't And so I want to help more people. At all. (laughs) Hell yes, 30%. Yeah. And and that's. 30%. Yeah. It's guiding them to a discovery call, it's not having to create. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're trying to grow your list, great. I mean, I have an opt in and also. We have a page on our website where you can schedule a call. And so I think it's just important, again, from a strategy perspective to know who you're trying to get in front of. And a lot of that, too, we'll use words like scaling, right? So it qualifies in the same way that the more emotional words help qualify people. And then we do vet for energy. So it's you and I are probably doing the same thing, just backwards. Like once you find your list of shows, then you're seeing like, Oh, okay, well, are they talking to people that could be potentially interested in sales? Whereas I'm yep. saying, are they talking in a way that is going to be appealing for me to connect with them and their audience? I'm obsessed with that phrase, vet for energy. And oh, I yeah. know what it means because I've been doing this on both sides for, for forever. But could you please expand on that freaking gem of a concept? Mm-hmm. Because 
in this world, in this life and in this strategy, energy really trumps all. Trumps show size, trumps a whole lot of things. So talk to me about vetting for energy. What does it look like? Why do we do it? And why is podcasting unique in that way? Anything that comes up on that. Sure. I mean, I'll give a really early example. I worked with my friend Kendra Hennessy. She hosts Mother Like a Boss, and we were pitching her. Her whole business is focused. It's expanded, but at the base of it, it's homemaking, but modern homemaking. And mm-hmm. you don't need to be perfect, but also you kind of need to get your shit done. You know, like yeah. there are things as moms we need to get done. Like your children need to be bathed. Yeah. And so she is not at all an advocate of this hot mess mom that, you know, over the last few years has like taken over social. Mm-mm. So when we were vetting shows for her, if I saw that either they had episodes or their intro kind of negated the need to do, you know, some more like mother, like diminished, I guess, like some of yeah. the homemaking responsibilities, I knew it wasn't a good fit. If they were leaning into the hot mess persona, it was, it would be too much conflict (laughs) and just how they view things. I love that permission though, of, you know, part of this strategy is that discernment. This is not a spray and pray model. We're not Mm -hmm. saying your goal right now is to go out and get on every single podcast you can. That's going to be exhausting. It's going to be time consuming. It's going to eat other time that could be used for money-making activities that are more direct. Right. And it also is just not going to do anything for your marketing. You're not going to want to reuse those episode clips. Those Mm -hmm. audiograms aren't going to go anywhere. Right. But I love that you use that example of like hot mess mom, mommy wine time is not her thing. In um, late 2021, I stopped drinking. I just woke up one day and I was like, I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. Um, And drinking used to be a larger part of my personality as it is for many people or my identity, I guess, of like, yeah, here's me and my tequila. See you at the bar. Um, But now that I'm six, over six months sober, if somebody pitched me for a like, let's get drunk and talk about strategy shows, of which there are a surprising amount, then I would have to energy test it and be like, A, Is the gimmick of this just getting drunk because I'm not interested on that? B, if I really want to be on this thing, do they care if I take an edible instead of drinking? Right? Can (laughs) I show up? Can I roll into this thing high as hell? If they're going to be wasted, can I be drunk? Right. Can I just be inebriated? Do I have to be drunk? Yeah. Or I'm going to have to say, look, I don't drink. But this show sounds really freaking fun. Can I say, hey, I don't drink, but I'm not an anti-alcoholist. Like, can I come and and not knock it, but just be there? But I would now, unlike even six months ago, stop and be like, I don't want to be on Booze O'Clock Strategy Hour. No. That's not, I just made that name up. But like, seriously, Google alcohol strategy. (laughs) It's freaking everywhere. What? Right? Yes. Oh my gosh. But there's also in the parenting space, there's a whole lot of like mommy wine time Mm -hmm. stitch and bitch podcasts where they're like, bring your bottle of wine and your gripes about your children. And that is not the right fit for your guest. And so, you know, I love, I love, I love, I love that we're like, just go pitch to your first show, but base it on energy. 
right? Yeah. And if you aren't pitching your first show, if you've done a couple of shows, then experiment on being even less matchy-matchy, right? To your point, if you're talking about podcast guesting on a thing where everybody's talking about podcast guesting, then it's like Cocoa Krispies and Cocoa Puffs. Which one of these yeah. do I want? I don't know. I got to overthink it. So how can we spin the wheel of podcasts and be like, how can I bring my message to this show with a great host and great energy who I want in my world, who I want in my ecosystem? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the short answer, and that's if you if you start with a niche, we actually ran a challenge back in March, which we're going to run again in the fall. It was called the Five and Five Pitching Challenge. And it was funny because at the time I had a coach and she's like, that seems really aggressive, like five pitches going out in five days. Meh. Do you? And she was like, what about just one? I'm like, nope, that's not enough like energy. That's it's not enough challenge. like adrenaline. It's yeah. in the name. Yeah. It's so, a freaking challenge. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to show that it doesn't have to be that hard. And so the whole premise of it was picking one specific vertical or niche to pitch. And then you basically use the same pitch for five different shows, personalize it, right? But you... Have a personalize template. it for the love yeah. of freaking God. Yeah. Personalize it. Oh, it's please. so horrible out there, Annie. It's awful. Um, and it was, it happened. Like I was actually questioning it. Like, are people gonna go balls to the wall and pitch these five shows? And they did, and they got yeses and they got interviews. And it was because it was mm -hmm. a manageable approach. So as a listener, if you're listening now and you're intrigued, I would say pick one specific type of show that speaks to your ideal person yep. and pitch to that. And, and a specific niche is not online business, right? No, it's not. It's gotta be like real estate agents or brick and mortar businesses, you know, yeah. any of those, it can't be these broad strokes that you're going to have 200 shows come back. No riches and niches y'all riches yeah. and uh, niches. When we're talking about energy, I don't think, I think it's important to also recognize in the current culture, especially like the last two to three years, the political environment has really ramped up. And yeah. so part of that energy is also like we look at social media now to make sure we're not putting a client on a show that is polar opposite yeah. um, of who they are and who they would be proud to be partnered with. And we've definitely, like internally, I remember Kim a couple of months ago, we had a show lined up for a client. She's like, hey girl, um, will you go look at their Instagram really quick? I'm not sure if this is a good fit. And I went and looked mm -hmm. at it. I was like, oh no, that's like a hard no. We're not going that route. So yeah. I think that's something, even if the content of the podcast sounds solid, do a quick peek at where they are showing up online and see yeah. what they are talking about. Well, because you said it's relationship. It's relationship. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, I talk about human rights, what I deem to be human rights issues on the show indirectly all the time. They yeah. come up all the time. Income discrepancy, racism, white privilege, um, homophobia, transphobia. Uh, abortion, all of these things have come up. It's not that I'm only going to interview people that are bleeding heart libtards like me. Right. But at the same point, people need to know if they're coming on my show that 
I have the explicit tag and I will tell everybody that JK Rowling is a trash bag for not believing that trans women are women. And here's the thing, if that's not your stance, you don't have to be on my show, right? Yeah. But if I'm going to go on to a conservative Christian show, if I'm going to go on to any kind of conservative show, then I'm going to make sure ahead of time that they know that that is not my standard audience. But then I'm also just going to like not show up and say, you know, fuck so much. Yeah. For and sure. so it's not that you can't do it, but like to your exact point, I interviewed somebody and I loved the interview. And then through his social, like a couple of days later, I found out that he doesn't approve of gay marriage. And I'm like, AKA marriage. And I was just like, I'm not, I'm not putting this Feeling out. This. No, I'm not mm -mm. putting this out because if they go to his profile, think how, how this plays out. They come to my show, listen to my show, go, who's this guy? He's great. Go to his profile. Yeah. See a bunch of homophobic shit. Yeah. Who does that reflect on me? You. Yeah. Me. Mm -hmm. And then I have to go in a tone. And it's not even the fear of cancellation. I don't want my people finding offensive content indirectly through me. I can't control Absolutely. what YouTube plays after my videos. Okay. Yeah. If YouTube wants to play something ridiculous, autoplay after one of my videos on somebody's stuff based on their algorithm, I can't control that. But I can control the voices I'm amplifying. Absolutely. Yep. And the voices that amplify me. Yep. Yeah. The places that you show up to, that's the other mm -hmm. part of it. And sometimes that requires saying no. Um, yep. I've done that, especially earlier this year, I was invited to be a guest expert and I knew I'm like, this isn't, it's not a good fit for me. So it's hard, but that's, <gasps> life is hard. <laughs> I mean, and, and you get to say no. Yeah. You get to say no as a guest. You get to say no as a host. There are plenty of shows in the sea. Last I saw, there's like 2.8 million podcasts in the world. A literal gazillion. Yeah. A literal gazillion. So as and such, I'll yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, and I, I think that's also like podcasts are coming. I think the beauty of them is you're able to connect with people that are somewhat aligned with you and hopefully yep. expand their thoughts. Um, but when we had that instance where I was invited, we were internally... Courtney, my executive assistant, she's like, well, what do you say? And I was thinking of just taking like the easy route out of like, oh, I'm just really busy. And then I just decided like, if I'm going to say no to this, I need to stand in my truth and just yeah. say what the reason was. And that's empowering too. So I think every step, that's why this visibility space is so for me, empowering. And every, yeah. every interview you do, every interview you record as a host you get more confident in who you are and what you stand for and what you don't stand for. Yes. Oh my God. Nothing polishes your message better than podcast casting. For sure. Nothing. It's the first for me. I think it's the no brainer first step because it doesn't take, there's just, it's that low barrier to entry again, yeah. right? Like it doesn't yeah. take any sort of background experience to be able to do it. Yeah. All right. Before we get into Survivor, I got yeah, a lightning yeah. round of quick and dirty questions because otherwise okay. I'm going to keep you here until next year. And uh, you have things to do and a podcasting empire to run. I have children to get off the bus. Yes. And children to get off the bus. Sure. <laughs> I'm like, you have a membership to run. You're like, also spawn. I have spawn that need to be, you know, fed. I've created okay, cool. humans we'll get that need me. 
All right, lightning round. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. First pitch. I'm going in cold. Give me a tip. Bam. Pick a specific topic that you think would help that specific audience. Personalizing so that you don't say I've been listening to your show and then say something that um, is very obvious that you haven't listened to the show. What kind of personalizing works really beautifully on all pitches? Go. Pointing out, kind of restating their mission. I love how you're doing this, this, and this. And then pointing out, I notice you haven't covered this topic in a while. Like point out something specific that bridges the gap between you and your expertise and that show. So you're basically making the connection of why it makes sense for you to even be reaching out. So I noticed that you haven't covered podcast guesting on your show. I'd love to come on and blah, blah, blah. So you have to do that legwork of connecting the dots for the host. Here's a one sentence rant. Say you're going to pitch to this show, for example. If you do not include a pop culture idea, I'll know you didn't listen to the show. Or read any of the episode titles. Come on! (laughs) I get that all the time. Hey, Annie, I've been listening to your show. And then I get this like humongous boilerplate pitch that sounds really, really good. And then they get to the end and they're like, thanks for considering me. And I'm like, you didn't listen to a damn thing. Mm-mm. Because if you listen no. to a damn thing, you could be like, on it. I get one of two things. I get someone being like, in all honesty, I don't know what my pop culture piece would be. Is that something that you workshop with your guests? Or somebody will be like, you, and they'll be like, can we talk about Survivor? Like immediately. <laughs> but then I know, right? Then I know. Then I'm like, oh yeah. my God. All right. So uh, your opinion on pay to play opportunities for guesting. I mean, good for people for charging. It's nothing that we do for our clients. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to provide the data that I need to make a decision on whether I want to advertise that way, we can evaluate it. But I don't like the blanket we're charging this much without Mm -hmm. me getting download numbers, reach numbers. I mean, go get your money, honey, but recognize it's an advertising. It's, It's no longer an earned media opportunity. It's an advertising platform. It's an advertisement. A hundred percent. Overcoming imposter syndrome pre-episode. I mean, I'm thinking of one person that was in our co-op and we gave her all kinds of tips for like listening to really good music um, Mm -hmm. that gets you like really hyped up. It's really just doing it. I mean, the only, you just got to do the first one. And then the next time you have an interview, you're not going to be as nervous. So you can practice with someone if you want, but I think good music beforehand And then just know, I mean, the worst case scenario is it totally sucks and they're not going to air it, right? So if it's a shitty interview, it's not going to go live. So just one foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other. I love that idea. Just keep getting out there. And it's not going to suck. Y'all, it's not going to I mean, it could. (laughs) But it probably won't. Like, it could. Yeah, definitely probably won't. But it probably won't. But it could. Yeah. But it probably won't. But right. it's still good. Um, yeah. Let's see. What else? To to bring home the line. Oh, oh, I know we wanted to talk about this, and then I promise we'll talk about Survivor. Okay. Big guest, small guest, big list, small list, big show, small show. Does size matter in podcasting and podcast guesting? I mean, for sure, it matters, right? If you can get in front of more of your ideal client, the better, right? Engagement, though, is really what we look for. So we have definitely pitched to shows that if you look at it, have smaller audiences, but if they're more niched, which again, that's one of our big strategies, 
those people are showing up every week because they know that podcast is talking to that specific type of business owner rather than just general business owners. So size doesn't, I mean, size can matter, but engagement and alignment is far more important. Yeah. Cause there's pros and cons on every size, right? So mm-hmm. yep. we were talking in the pre-chat. I've had some celebrity guests. They barely share it. I've had celebrity guests share the ever-loving daylights out of it, you know, and it's gone off like wildfire for a couple of days. And then I've had people that have brand new businesses, but really amazing voices who are so excited to be on a show that they put it in their freaking Christmas letter and everyone in their Nana listened to it. And that episode went through the roof. I saw more subscribers, higher rate of finishing, like all these things through the roof. And this woman by all means or, you know, by all stereotypical judging criteria was a big nobody, but she was earnest in it. Right. Similarly, I've hired people that I've interviewed people that I've interviewed have hired me. I've been hired by people that have interviewed me. I've hired people that have interviewed me. There's money to be exchanged up, down and sideways in this. And if you're only targeting one level of guest or one level of show, you might be missing out on some of that earning potential. Yeah. I want to say this. I don't want to go too far over and like off the wall here. Yeah. But I think one thing I have kind of wrestled with over the past six months is how to best share my interviews because I mm-hmm. don't love Instagram has been the place that I have been most active, but I don't yep. love pushing out content on there. I've hired a company to do it. And part of me just doesn't know the ROI generally on organic Instagram. Yeah. What I have started doing is like, okay, well, where do I share with my people? Well, I share on my podcast. So I have started in the beginning of episodes sharing like, hey, I was on this really cool podcast with Annie. And so it might not look on social. Holy shit. Are you a genius? I well, mean, I knew that you were before, but like, I mean, I told you now I'm just freaking embarrassed. I said I've been on a hundred podcasts. I don't think I've ever explicitly been like, hey, cool. I got this great interview this week. I don't think I've ever done that. Nor had I, but I just Damn started it. to examine and I send out, we send out every other week an email to our list. We included in that. So I was on a show. This was like my imposter syndrome with Lisa Zaratny of Positively Living. I think that's the name of the show. She does reels and she'll create reels for interviews that she does on her own show. And I started Mm -hmm. thinking like, oh shit, I'm not doing all of this. But then I was like, well, where do my people show up for me? Right. And it's on my podcast and it's on my email list. So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing. And we'll share, you know, in stories about interviews that I've had go live. But I just think that's important. And this goes to Survivor too, but it's like, know what you're good at, own who you are and how you serve your people and just lean into that as much as you can. That's the perfect transition to Survivor. And I told you in the pre-chat, I've been trying to sing the Survivor theme song, but every time I do, it just comes out like, so first thing that's it. Uh, will you sing the Survivor theme no. song for us, please? No. <laughs> nope. Just kidding. I already did. <laughs> but, you know, you just said, and it's so freaking exciting. Yes, today we are talking about Survivor. You said showing up in your personality or showing up strategically and how you want to show up. And I told you that I have a personal connection to Survivor way back from 2010 in the form of one 
Judson John Burza, better known to Survivor people as Fabio, who lived on my childhood cul-de-sac and whom I used to babysit for, who won Survivor Nicaragua. And the way that he won Survivor Nicaragua, other than being just beautiful to look at, thus the Fabio moniker, uh, the way that he won is he convinced everyone he was stupid. He convinced everybody he was just a standard California surf bum, happy-go-lucky kind of a goofball, which he is. That is an authentic part. But surf bum, authentic. Stupid surf bum, inauthentic, strategic, right? (laughs) So he crept his way in. Everybody underestimated him. Everybody. And then he laughed his way into the finals and was like, played you all, but glad we can still be friends, right? So (laughs) what the hell? Does any of this have to do with alliances and tribal councils and Jeff Prost and and my super wonderful and thrillingly hot neighbor, Judd Burza? What does it have to do with Survivor? So there's so many pieces to it. And I told you, but my my kiddos, they're 10 and 12 now. And over COVID, we started watching Survivor together. And that has been really nice to have something that we all kind of turn to together. But from a business perspective, I love Survivor because there's this individual game, right? There are Mm -hmm. competitions to where you are competing for your own immunity. Um, you're competing as a team sometimes within those team challenges. What I love about that is really leaning in to your strengths. Um, on this most recent mm. season, season 42, um, there was this like total bohemus of a man, Jonathan. And there were challenges where he was literally like, picking up members of his team to get them through the water. Like he, his strength was literal physical strength. Rock on survivor Hodor. Like, okay. It's crazy. Yeah. So he, that was like a very big strength of his, but then a lot of the challenges have puzzles at the end. And so if you get there first, because you're so strong and have no idea how to put a puzzle together, Mm -hmm. then you're still even with the person next to you. So I love the idea that it's kind of an equalizer to where you can lean in on what you're great at and mm-hmm. hopefully you can kind of pick up the slack of what you're not super strong at. And then Avi, the team play is pretty important and how you're building relationships. Even though I don't like all the lying, that was like very yeah. uncomfortable for me, like especially yeah. as a mom. I'm like, oh shit, what am I teaching my kids? <laughs> Oops. But we've talked through it. Um, yeah. So, so I love that, that you have to form relationships and figure out how to trust people to kind of get to, you know, the next station and the next level of survivor. So those are a couple. I think it's good for your kids to see the lying. Number one is lying in context, right? Mm-hmm. So like they are lying within a gamified, politicized unit where there yeah. is a winner and a lot at play, but also let them see the underbelly of business and how it plays out so that when they get an email that says, hey, I've been listening to your show, they're not just like, oh, wow, this person's been listening to my show. I should totally interview them. (laughs) They're not great for me, but they said they've been listening to my show. No, they haven't. They're They're survivor lying. (laughs) lying, Right? Like, let them see the survivor lie. I mean, and at the same point, what are your intentions? Because this is not Survivor and we're not trying to claw each other out of a million dollars, right? Do I need to lie 
to get a spot on a podcast guest? Do I need to lie about the size of my show to get the guest I want? Do I need to lie about the rate of my business? You know, do I have to lie about my numbers to get onto a show? I don't know. Depends on the show. It depends on your business. I would say no for me. I would be uninterested. But that brings up the ethics of the whole shebang. How do you want to show up? Well, and that's an evolution. I mean, we've watched a lot of seasons over the past year (laughs) on Netflix. But you see this evolution, too, that parallels life and parallels business of them putting a greater emphasis on diversity. Some of the more recent tribal councils have had very candid discussions. There was one, I think it was this season where I think two people of color had been voted out and there were two more black women in the tribal council and they kind of banded together and they were like, I don't, I don't want to have another black person voted out like three in a row. And so I love that it's evolving and that, you know, it's exactly what we talked about, like energy and who you kind of connect yourself with. You can't separate what's going on in this real world with what's going on in business. Um, There's right. There was one where there was a guy on the show who was transgender and at tribal council, one of the teammates basically outed him. Thanks. Yeah. It was such a dick move. Thanks. Yeah. But yeah. And so it was interesting though, because my kids didn't really know a lot. I mean, at that point they were nine and 11. So transgender was kind of new for them. Uh So it opened up that conversation, which I loved because it, it gave us like a very open availability to talk about it, right? Like it was just, you're watching TV and that's where- Well, and a person to attach it to that they're invested in, right? So it's not just like they're staring at a random person walking down the street. Oh, wait, stop. I got to talk about inclusion and, and, you know, gender fluidity and all these things. It's like, no, look at this person. This person was born this way, but actually is this way. And that like, it just illuminates it with context immediately. Yeah. And it was interesting because after I remember on the commercial, my daughter had left the room and my son actually got really upset. He's a little sensitive soul, but he was like, I don't like that that guy told everyone like that wasn't his secret to tell. And I'm like, no, my job here is done. (laughs) Yep, You're like, I am the parent of the year. I am amazing. My child is a beautiful citizen of the world and defender of all win. I would, I would, I would beam. I would like cry. I would, I would yeah. just sort of sit there and be like, Oh, the kids are all right. I know. <laughs> I know. We can just get them in power. <laughs> right. My God. I, yes. I, I would time machine forward for that. Like, yes, put the kids in charge. Please. I'm done with this already. But like, it's that <laughs> idea though of, of contextualizing people. Right. And so for I sure. love that you brought up that reality is putting more of an emphasis on diversity. I think TV, I've seen more queer couples represented Mm -hmm. without tokenization. Like there's all these great like ego commercials with two moms, but they're not like this child has two moms. Moms. (laughs) It's just like, this is a kid. Maybe it's yeah. moms, maybe they're roommates, maybe they're cousins, maybe they're sisters. Oh, they're kissing. Okay, they're related. They're, they're yeah. related. They're wives. <laughs> like whatever, it's fine. I don't I'm my Missouri is showing on the they're related part. But whatever. <laughs> and and so you know, it's it's exposing the things and creating the culture that we want, which goes to your previous about making sure that energetically 
politically, causally, ethically, these shows are aligned with you because you are amplifying other voices as a podcaster. Or if you're on someone else's show, you're amplifying that host voice too when you share it. So who are you partnering with? If you're, and I mean, my show has been really dominated lately with white women. And I'm aware of that as a host. And as my, as the host, it's my prerogative to fix that. Because right now I'm sending out the concept very unintentionally, but looking at it and going, okay, the only people I interview are white women because white women are the only marketing strategists I talk to. No, that's not true. But as a host, if I don't want to put that out, I have to take it on myself to fix that. If I'm the network, I have to give the women of color the opportunity to say, we need to band together so no more women of color get voted off the show. I need to give my guests that same opportunity, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, candidly, like you asked me about that beforehand. So I've got a Mm -hmm. list of people, but I mean, I fall into that too. I feel like I go through ebbs and flows and Mm -hmm. sometimes life just gets away from you. But if it is something that is important, then we have to take action um, to expand our own networks. And also, I mean, candidly, like I don't get, well, we get pitches a decent amount. And I would say most of them are white men that Mm -hmm. I am getting pitched from on behalf of like other companies. So I would love to be able to impact the accessibility to to pitching and to guesting on shows to more marginalized communities. Um, It sounds like a big undertaking, but I think you can make, you can make steps in that direction by opening your own mic to them. By opening. Oh God. I love that idea. Open your own mic. What a gorgeous, gorgeous call to action because that right there is you forming your survivor alliances, right? You're like, I, my mic is open. Who wants to be on my team? Yeah, I'm a big heavy lifter, right? I'm not a fast runner, but I'm really freakishly strong and I'm really good at word puzzles. But if you make me balance on a pole, I will die. Like, you know, that's just me, baby. ABC's a me, baby. But at the same point, you know, looking for those partnerships, looking for the person that can solve the puzzle after you run really fast. And Mm -hmm. also at the same point saying, I'm coming at this from vantage point A or privilege A. And I want to make sure that I'm also opening my own brain up to other vantage points. That's been one of the joys of podcasting is how much I learn from y'all. Oh, yeah. Like I expected sort of like, you know, teachers from their students, they are taught. Like I got that. But as a podcaster, I don't think... It occurred to me because I am the host that like at least once an episode, I'm writing down action items. I do the homework every week, too. Right. Because I'm learning, too. I don't know everything in the world. And so what I love about my podcast is it puts me in a beginner's mind, which is one of the great things about Survivor. Even if you have natural strengths, you sure as hell have never done this before. You've never had to win a bug cook off before. No. Right. So we're all in this ball game together, but the rules to all of us are totally new. So yeah. how do we how do we jump in and play? How do we play and how do we play to win? Yeah. I mean, I think it's again leaning into your strengths and 
still the survivor reference is, you know, they go through periods of total starvation and then you like win this big reward of food. And so I think it's (laughs) right. Like from a podcast guest, like from a visibility perspective, I think we would like to even that out a little bit more to make sure you have that pipeline that you were speaking of. But I think it's leaning into your strengths. That's Mm. what's been, I've had the biggest growth over the last year and I'm still navigating through it as we grow. Like I want to stay in my sweet spot, you know, and I want to, so that's like the hardest part for me is staying in like the strategy and the connecting and the showing up because that's what I'm really good at. But that Um, right there, strategy, connection, and showing up. That's the recipe right there. Be strategic, right? Mm -hmm. Come into it with the mindset of partnership and show up fabulously, openly, and be a good guest. That's it. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Strategize, right, connect, done. show up. We're done. I mean, we are done. You gotta go anyway. So I got yeah. two more questions for you. Uh, yes. The first one: You are now in the finals, but you are like hosting. So you're not you're not playing. You're hosting. I'm Jeff. Um, you're Jeff. You're Jeffing in your khaki shorts. Um, okay. As such, one of your remaining finalists has just done something unforgivable in podcasting. And although you are hosting and you're not supposed to be biased, you really want this person to get voted off of Podcast Island. Okay. What did they do? What is the cardinal sin of Podcast Island Survivor? Oh. So if we're talking about podcast guesting, Mm -hmm. I would like to talk about someone showing up to be a guest on my show. Mm -hmm. It hasn't really happened, but it's um, word vomiting through the interview and not recognizing that it's a conversation. We see this a lot. Sometimes speakers, when they transition over to interviews, um, getting comfortable in that back and forth and giving time for the interviewer who is the host and the influencer to have their time to kind of narrate the conversation. Um, you gotta, you gotta give that space. So sometimes like when we audit episodes, I will time, like, how long did you talk without the <laughs> host saying anything? <laughs> I do that for my show though, where I'm like, I'm so damn loud that when I get my transcript back and it's like 70% me, I'm like, Hey, it's an interview show. Reminder, you get excited. You're also interviewing people strategically. So yes, y'all, yeah. Don't get voted off Podcast Island. It's a conversation. You're a team member. In order to play the individual game right, you have to play the team game right. You can't get to the finals without playing the team game. Damn. Yeah. All right. Well, if somebody wants to be on your team, Angie, where do they go? What do they do? How do they come into your world? Yeah. First place would be go listen to the podcast. Go pitch yourself. We put out content every other week. I myself, I have great guests, so definitely check that out. If you are thinking you want some support in your podcast pitching and guesting game, our website, the Podwise Group, and that's Podwise with a Z.com, has all the information. If you're looking for more one-to-one support, you can go to our services page and schedule a call there. Or you can look at our membership, which is the Podwise Co-op, which apparently all of Annie's friends are a member yep. of. <laughs> yep. And yeah, it's a it's a community. There's training. There's a lot of group coaching and even live feedback. Um, it's just a really special place. We're networking, promo swapping, really cool stuff going on there. And then I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn. This has been 
such an honor, such a delight. I know we just met, but I would sign up to be on your team for just about anything, I'm sure. Yeah. Thank you for being my guest today. No, this was great. Such a cool, such a cool concept for a show and it's out of the norm, which is what is almost required these days. I just appreciate you showing up as you for your listeners because yeah, so good. Oh, I love it. I love it, y'all. Listen, show up as you. It got Judd a million dollars. It's rocking Angie's business. It's rocking mine. And I can't wait to hear all of the beautiful interviews that come out of this interview. So big thanks to Angie, everybody. I will be back in just a second with my final thought and your homework for this week. Well, hey there. I went on an absolute adventure, mentally that is, trying to select this week's homework. What survivor-esque thing do I want us to harness this week? Endurance, resilience, a thick skin, the ability to perform under pressure? And it's true. Most of the seasoned business owners I know exemplify these traits on a daily frickin' basis. They are battle-born and hold the ancient scrolls of whatever the best practices were when they focused on things other than all these dancing video trends. And then there are the youngsters, the whippersnappers driven by untainted drive in a dream, willing to shake entire industries by their shoulders. They remind us to adopt a beginner's mindset when our strategies run dry and to stoke the fire that brought us into the weird world of self-employment in the first place. So this week, your homework is to fortify and honor your alliances by recommending your peers and heroes on the sites where social proof sells. Although common in brick and mortar, many online businesses are working to grow a presence on platforms like Yelp and Google My Business. Consider throwing some gold stars over there and letting folks know exactly what makes your favorite brands unique. Someone do you an amazing favor you've been meaning to repay? Give the lasting gift of a LinkedIn recommendation or a glowing Apple podcast review, both of which really affect their algorithms. Unlike Survivor, go into this challenge with solely pure intentions, okay? This isn't an activity I'd recommend my clients keep track of either, as it's just too easy to set reciprocity expectations that way. Nor is this a keep your friends close and enemies closer situation. No fakeness or sarcasm allowed. And finally, most importantly, unlike the voting on Survivor, this cannot be anonymous only to be revealed at a later date. Put your name on it first and last when available. This is all about honoring the people that inspire you, amplifying their voices, and getting back on their radar as a generous and enthusiastic peer so that you can ultimately claim your place as a leader on your island. Hey, thanks for listening. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. Listen, we talk a lot about marketing on this show, and that's because I fully earnestly believe that every dime and every moment we spend marketing is totally worth it unless we turn around and sabotage ourselves at the finish by refusing to sell and sell beautifully. Why? 
a lot of us have a misconception of what selling actually requires of us or who it needs us to be. Please give me the opportunity to help change your mind at www.nonsleazy.com. That's N-O-N-S-L-E-A-Z-Y.com. Big shout out to the fabulous dudes who helped make this show what it is. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My composer, Riley Herbastio. And my show artist, Francois Vigneault. They're all fabulous and I'd be glad to introduce you. Until next week, just do your best. And remember, you're too legitimate to quit. <laughs>